Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So the scripture that we're starting in is Acts chapter 27, uh, verse 20 to 32. Acts chapter 27, verse uh, 20 um, through 32. So the context that is building up to this scripture that we're kicking off with is, is Paul uh, you know, he is the first missionary of the gospel. He's spreading the message of Jesus to all the people in the ancient world. And he, he finds himself later in his life, he, he is um, captured or imprisoned by, uh, by the Romans. And he is on his way right now um, on a boat. He's on his way. He's sailing towards Rome to appear before Caesar. And on his way uh, through the, through the seas, there's a storm in front of them, and he tells the sailors to avoid, avoid the, the storm, but they don't listen to, to Paul, and they go, to, go towards it. And this is where we pick up in uh, verse 20. It says, The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at, until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time, and finally Paul called the crew together. And said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Paul had to squeeze in that, I told you so. But then he said, but you have avoided all, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But he said, but take courage, for none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. Verse 27, about midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the sea of Adria, the sailors since land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officers and soldiers, you will die unless, you, unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to lifeboat and let it drift away. The title of the message that we will be studying on and speaking on tonight is, When I Feel Like I'm Sinking. When I Feel Like I'm Sinking. Let's pray over the service tonight and help me out. Let's uh, join our faith together. God, we thank you that you have brought us together tonight, not by default, but by design, God, that we are all appointed and anointed for this moment, whether we are in person or online, God, that this moment isn't by accident, Father, but you have placed people here, God, to see their hearts be changed and their lives be transformed. So, Father, we give this service over to your spirit. We have no motives other than seeing your will be done, God. So we thank you for miracle signs and wonders taking place tonight. We thank you, Father, that change are going to fall off tonight, God. We thank you, Father, that love's going to grow in our hearts, that grace is going to grow in our lives, that favor is going to abound over us, God, tonight, God. We, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And all the believers say, amen, amen, amen. See, has, has life ever make you feel that way? 
make you feel like your life is, is sinking. I know in 2020, it feels like we have been taking blow after blow after blow. Like we just feel the weight of the world on us more than ever than I can imagine in my lifetime. It, is, it just seems like the world has been putting so much weight on us. We feel the, the political pressure on us. We feel the pressure of a pandemic on us. We feel all these things on our, on our lives, and it feels like we're, we're being weighed down, and we feel heavy, and it feels like any time we try to free ourselves, something else happens, and it feels like it doesn't matter how much water we're drawing out of the boat. It seems like more water is coming in than what we can manage, and it feels like we're sinking, and, and our hope is dwindling. This is what the, the sailors are are feeling. This is what Paul and the, the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, are feeling on that boat. In verse 20, it says that the, the sun and the stars were, were blotted out. It says it was dark. And what is so bad about that or what was so um, disheartening about that is that back in the ancient time or, or back when during their time, how they found their direction and how they, you know, voyaged the waters was they used the stars as their direction. And if there's one thing that feeling hopelessness makes us do, makes us feel lost. It makes us feel like we have no more direction. Like the sailors looked up and all they saw was blackness and darkness and they lost their hope because they didn't know where they were going. And if there's one thing that hopelessness and makes us feel like it, it feels like we're going nowhere. That we're going in circles. That we don't know if, if we're going the right way or the wrong way. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going to end up and we feel hopeless in our situation. What we're going to be talking about tonight is what, we, what do we do when we feel like we're sinking? What do we do when we don't know what to do? What do we do when we feel like the weight of the world is on us and the, the, the sky above us is dark and we don't know? Like, what do we do in those moments? See, in, in Paul, in um, Acts chapter 23, verse 11, it said that he, he told the the sailors and the Roman soldiers, he, he said, be encouraged. He said, be encouraged. Um, in Acts chapter 23, 11, see, right after Paul was arrest, arrested and before he set sail for Rome, God had given him a promise, and that is in Acts chapter 23, verse 11. This is before he was on the boat. It says that that night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, be encouraged, Paul, just as you have been witnessed been witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in the Rome as well. So God is giving Paul a promise before the storm. This is what I want y'all to catch. God has promised Paul something before all these things started happening. God has promised Paul something. God promised Paul an outcome before he was in the middle of a sinking ship. So God, God gave Paul a promise. And that's what he was referring to in verse 24, in Acts chapter 27, verse 24, when he said, don't be afraid. He, he was talking to the sailors. He said, don't be afraid because God promised me something. I know, it, I know it seems like we're in the middle of the storm. I know we are in the middle of the storm. I know it doesn't seem like we are. I know it's, it, we are sinking. I know things are hopeless, and I know we're in the middle of the dark right now. But be encouraged, he said. Don't be afraid because he said, for I believe God that it will be just as he said. See, the, the sailors had a problem, but Paul had a promise. I think that's what the difference was between Paul and the sailors. The, the sailors had a problem that they were seeing, but Paul was remembering a promise that was given. If there's something that we need to do when we feel like we're sinking, when we feel like it is hopelessness, when we feel like our situation is crumbling, don't focus on the problems. Remember what has been promised. And that's point number one. 
is that we need to believe our promises over our problems. We need to believe our promises over our problems. So when you feel like you're in a sinking ship, don't look around and just focus on what's going wrong. Don't look around and say, God, you promised me something, but these problems say something different. You see, the enemy would love for us to totally forget what has been promised to us. That's what the enemy would love to do. The enemy would have loved that Paul totally forgot about what had been promised to him, and he just looked at the boat. He said, you know what? I know God said this, but it doesn't look like that right now. So let's abandon ship. Let's get off. Let's, let's try to abandon what God's trying to do. The enemy would love for us to do that in our lives. But, see, we need to focus on the promises that God has in us, not the problems around us. The more you focus on those problems, and this is why that is a bad thing and, and a hurtful thing for us to do in our lives, the more we focus on our problems, right, the problems don't become less. What happens? The problems become bigger. You magnify them. You're looking at them. And even though you have all these promises in your life, you're looking at the one problem you have, and you've totally forgot about what God has for you. You're just looking at what the enemy has against you. And that's what, exactly what the enemy wants to do. He, the, the enemy is so small. The enemy really has no power at all. The enemy really has no authority over you, right? But it's that us giving it to him because we say, you know what? I know, God, I see all these great things you have for me, but look at this thing that the enemy is doing. And we magnify that, and we focus on that. And before we know it, our problems become big in our lives than what they are in reality. You see, it, it takes faith. It takes faith to believe in the promises that God has for us. Right? It takes faith to do that. It doesn't take faith to believe in your problems because they're, they're right there. You can see them, right? When I'm having a bad day, it doesn't take faith for me to believe I'm having a bad day. It's, it's, I know it's happening. But it, it takes faith to say in spite of these things that are happening to me, in spite of the storms around me, in spite of this crazy 2020, God, I still have faith that you have greater things ahead of me. Amen? See, God's promises, and that's why we have to focus on the promises is because God promises is our hope. That's what gives us hope because we remember that God has promised something for us. See, as long as we don't lose sight on, of his promises, as long as we remember what God has given us and what God has in front of us, then that hope that we have will never disappear. See, if we just remember, hey, no, I know things are going wrong or not going to plan, but I remember that greater is he that is in me than he does in the world. I remember that I'm the head and not the tail. I remember that I'm above only, not beneath. I remember, right, that I'm a child of God and a royal priesthood. So if I remember those things, if I focus on those promises, the problems will cease and my hope will remain. Amen? So what if it's not the problems stealing your peace? What if it's your perspective of the problems that's stealing your peace? Because the thing about peace, God didn't say that when you abide with me, that problems will go away. It's not found anywhere in Scripture. So what if your peace is still there, but you have a perspective of these problems that God said he would be with us through the storm, right? So even if there is a storm, that doesn't mean that peace is gone. So what if it's just our perspective of them? What if the problems in our life has no right to take your peace? Ever thought about that? What if that thing that's going wrong with your life, what if it has no right to take away your joy? What if that, you know, relationship that you can't get over, what if that argument you just had, what if it has no authority at all to change your mood? Is, is that possible? What if it's just your perspective of it? So what if instead of focusing and magnifying what is wrong, what if we focus on what God is doing right in our life? 
And so if we do that, our promises will grow and our problems might not diminish, but the power that they have on as well, right? In Acts chapter 27, uh, verse 30 32, we read it, but we'll read it again. It says, then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. Has life ever beaten you down so low and so hard that you just say, you know what, I'm done, I'm through? Throw your hands up and say, I don't know, it might even be worse for me to abandon ship, but I, I, I'm just going to do it anyways. And, and, they, and you just gave up hope and you give hope on, on some promises in your life. You give hope on some passions and dreams and, and some ambitions in your life. You say, you know what, things are going too far wrong. I'm just going to give up on them. That's what the sailors were trying to do. And it says they lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. In verse um, 31, it said, But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the rope to the lifeboat and let it drift away. You see, the sailors were trying to abandon ship, escape the storm, even though they were going to leave their passengers behind. The, the sailor, remember, it doesn't say the passengers, it didn't say the soldiers, it said the sailors, the one who were steering the boat. They were going to abandon ship, even though it meant leaving their passengers behind. I mean, some of us in life, we, we will abandon some things, if it mean, even though it means we might leave our dreams behind. You might abandon some ambitions that God has put in, inside of us, even if it means we might abandon our joy or things that God has in store for us, just because... We're looking for that first avenue of, of escape when things get hard. See, right when the storm starts to get too windy, a lot of us say, okay, this is too much for me. I'm getting seasick. I'm getting life sick. I'm going, I'm, I'm finding a lifeboat and finding the first way out of here, right? Even though it means I might abandon some things that God has for me, I, I don't want to go through this storm. I don't want to go through these things that I see is going wrong. So what do we do? We resort to plan B, right? We go to our backup plan. Oh, plan A is not working. God's will is not working out for me. So you know what? I'm going to go to these things I'm comfortable with. Where's my lifeboat, right? Where's, where's, where's plan B at? Where's, where's my backup plan at? I know I'm, I'm going to abandon some things. I know I'm going to abandon some promises of God. But you know what? There's a lifeboat that looks really comfortable right here. And I know it's, it's going to help me out. So we do that. Point number two is that we need to break up with our backup plan. We need to break up with our backup plan. I think it's time for us to let go of some backup plans in our life. I think it's time for us to let go of some plan Bs. I think it's time for us to say, you know what, God, I'm here to stay. I'm here to stay with you through the storm. I'm here to stay even when life isn't agreeing with my expectations. I'm, I'm here to stay through it all. And you know what? That plan B, that backup plan, the, that lifeboat I see, I'm cutting the ropes on it right now because I don't even want the temptation of it to come because I want to stay in your will no matter what. See, God doesn't want us to resort for anything less than his promises. He wants, us to, to, he wants the best for us. But what happens is that we abandon his plan too early. We jump off the boat too early. Things start, the waves start going, and the wind starts taking us. And even though we know God has things in store for us, we abandon it too early because of the wind and the waves and the storm. But the question I have, so what are some things in our lives? What are some maybe relationships in our lives? What are some habits in our lives that we need to cut the ropes on and let it drift away? 
What are some plan Bs? What are some, some things that we know are things that we are comfortable with that aren't agreeable with God's plans, but we let them hold and drag our boat along because we want to make sure that if this doesn't go right, I have somewhere to go. What are some things we need to let drift away? It says that Roman soldiers cut the rope and let the safety boat drift away. What are some relationships we need to cut off? What are some habits we need to cut off? I know somebody's hearing me because nobody's talking. What are some things in our lives that we need to cut off, that we have attached it to God's plan, but it was never God's plan in the first place? We're just letting it slow us down, all for the reasoning that maybe if things don't go right, I have somewhere to go. See, God wants us to cut those off and let them drift away. Because if we do that, we have nowhere to go when things get rough. We, we, we have nowhere to turn except for God when things get tough. When things get tough, instead of turning to that bad relationship that we know is not good to us, hey, we already cut that off. All we can turn to is God. When things get tough, instead of turning back to that bad habit that we know is not good for us, we already cut that off, so we just have to stay with God. That's why we need to cut off some things in our life because retreat is an easy option when it's available. Retreat is easy when the option is available. In 1519, after a long voyage from Europe to South America, Hernan Cortez landed with 600 men back in 1519. He lands on there, lands on a land that nobody knows about, and he knows it's going to be a tough journey ahead, and he knows that there's going to be a lot of times when it feels like they need to go back. So it says... The very first thing that he tells his men to do, the very first thing he says, he says, and his very first order was, burn the boats. That was his first order to the men. See, Cortez was sending a message. He was saying, there's no going back. He, the, they came and they landed, and the first thing they did was burn the boats to say, there is no going back. Things are going to get tough. Things are going to not go according to plan. There's going to be some moments you're going to say, I just want to go back home. I just want to go back to what I know. I want to go back to what is comfortable. But we're going to burn the boats now so we have nowhere to turn later. See, there's some things in our lives that we need to say we're cutting off now because there's going to be no going back when we get in God's will. See, the enemy will love nothing more than you to turn back turn your back on God's will and go back to where you came as soon as it got hard. Any believers in the house ever had a situation where as soon as you start doing things God wants you to do and you start stepping into the promises that God has for you, life starts getting tough. Has that ever happened to you? And things start going wrong and things start not adding up and you have something in the back of your mind saying, hey, let, let's turn back, Right? Let's, let's go back to what we know. Let's go back to what is comfortable. Let's go back to plan B, the backup plan. But if God is saying something tonight, he's saying, burn the boats, cut off the rope. Let there be nothing turning back to except for me. In verse 25, what we read in chapter 27, it, it said, so this is after he talks to, Paul talks to the soldiers. He says, so take courage. And he said, for I believe God that it will be just as he said. But this is what is interesting. He says, take courage. Everything's going to be okay, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Hey, that doesn't sound fun. So everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be great, but we're going to be shipwrecked, and our boat's going to collapse. See, 
the island that they shipwrecked on was called Malta. And on this island, in, in the following chapter, we'll read it in a little bit, Paul was able to do awesome things on this island. He had no idea was his, was his course. He had no idea was going to be the place he ended up. And he was able to help so many people on that island. In Acts chapter 28, verse 9 through 10, it says this. It says, he, he, Paul was healing some people, and it says, Then all the other sick people, after Paul healed one sick person, then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. And as a result, we, we were showered with honors. And then the time came to sell. People supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. When Paul set sail for Rome, who knows he had no idea that his future ahead of him meant him being shipwrecked on an island. Right? Paul had no idea. Matter of fact, he would never have thought that, that would happen in his life otherwise. He, he would never have thought that that would be seen. But it says that on that shipwrecked island called Malta where he ended up, it wasn't his plan. It wasn't his course. On that island, not only was he able to minister to people, to speak to people that he never would have, to, to meet and rub shoulders with people that he would never meet at before, but it says that they supplied him with everything that he needed for his trip. See, when you stick with God through the storm, when you stick with God through the winds and the waves of life, God will give you more than before. God might not, well, everything might not go according to how you thought, but when you get on the other side, you'll have more than before. Amen? And this is point number three is it may not be what you thought, but it is better than what you asked. It may not be what you thought, but it is better than what you asked. When you stick with God, I'm telling you, it may not go how you thought it would go, but it's going to be far better than what you asked for. See, when Paul was sending course for, the, for Rome, he had no idea that Malta was involved. He had no idea that a storm was involved. He had no idea that he'd be shipwrecked. He had no idea. That's not what he thought, but he received way more than what he asked for. And that's how it is in life. When you follow after God, when you say, God, I'm following after you no matter what. I, I, I know things are going this way. I know things are going against what I thought, but I'm going to follow you even though, even in spite of my thoughts not agreeing with your plans. I'm going to follow you anyways. And you get to the other side, I'm telling you, God would have given you things beyond your dreams, beyond your expectations, beyond any idea or imagine that you could have had. It may not be what you thought, but it's better than what you asked. See, if you're following after God and there's a problem in, in front of you, if you're, if you're in the will of God and you know you're chasing after his promises and you see a problem in front of you, what I want to challenge you with is don't avoid the problem. Don't ignore the problem. You, you see, sometimes or most of the times on the other side of that problem is where God's promises lie. On the other side of that shipwreck, on the other side of that storm is where God's promises lied for Paul. Malta wasn't part of God's, or wasn't part of Paul's plans. It was part of God's plan. And that's how they ended up there. See, there's some things in our lives that might look, a, look, look like a shipwreck to us. Here's what, what's awesome. Remember, Paul went to Malta not to change him but to help people. See, there might be some things in our life that look like a shipwreck to you but is a lifeboat to others. Right? 
it might have been a problem to you and you're having a bad day, but then all of a sudden you meet somebody and you pour into them and their lives is changed out of something that you thought was a problem. That's a lot of the way that God works. See, what if your shipwreck is somebody else's rescue boat? What if your problem is somebody else's way or avenue to their promise? What if, what if God's plan is bigger than you and I? What if he knows everybody's promises? What if he knows what everybody needs? What if he knows what everybody's prayers are? And what if he sees that somebody needs to be met and he's using you as the vessel to meet it? Amen? You see, there's a lot of times, I think, in our lives that we're following after God's promises. We're, we're chasing after what he has for us. And the enemy knows, you know what, I'm going to get him. I'm going to put something on the in front of them. I'm going to put a storm in their way. I'm going to put a shipwreck in their way. And I know that as soon as things get rough, just like in the past, they're going to jump ship. They're going to head for the rescue boat. They're going to jump out of, of the winds and the waves. I think there's so many times that we have avoided problems. And on our route to avoid those problems, we have avoided our promises. On the, on the route to seek our comfort zone, we escape the, the, the places that God wants for us. See, having trust in God is saying, God, I see a storm in front of me, but that's not going to stop me. I see problems in front of me, but that's not going to stop me. I see things that I don't agree with me, but that's not going to stop me because I believe that if you are for me, right, then who can be against me? And if I feel the wind of the Holy Spirit at my back, I'm not going to be afraid of some wind and waves of the enemy. Because I know, right, that if he is for me, then who can stand against me? So what I'm trying to help somebody tonight is that there might be a problem in front of you. You feel like you're in God's will. You feel like you're chasing after, after the promises he has for you. And, but all of a sudden, you see a storm. An enemy is trying to say, hey, you see that storm? Avoid it like you avoided all the others right? You, you see that problem? Just turn your back and, and act like it's not there. Maybe it'll go away like all the others. But I want to encourage somebody tonight that as long as you have Jesus in your boat, as long as you are in his will and you know that you are aligned with what he wants for you, nothing can stand in your way. God's promises are for you. Will y'all stand with me tonight? I'll, I'll be closing. I want to close with, with uh, this scripture in verse 22. So Paul is, again, is talking to the sailors, is talking to the soldiers, and they say, but take courage, for none of you will lose your lives, even though your ship will go down. He said, you're going to lose your boat, but he said, you're not going to lose your life. You're, you're going to lose some things, but you're not going to lose the most important things. You might lose something that you thought you couldn't live without. You might lose that. You might lose some friends. You might lose some things you thought you couldn't live with, but you're going to get through it. Some things might come against you, and you might lose some things, but you're going to get through it. You might lose some friends. You might even lose some opportunities, but he was saying you're going to get through it. Because you see, just like it said in the scripture, it says the boat's going to go down. But what Paul was saying is that our hope 
is not in the boat. Somebody say that tonight. Our hope is not in the boat. Our hope is not in people. Uh, right? Our hope is not in politics. Our, our hope is not in the people around us. Our, our hope is not in the, in the economy. Our, our hope is not in the White House. Our, our hope is not in materialistic things. Our, our hope isn't in the boat. Our hope isn't in the things that we see. See, our hope is in Jesus. That's our hope. And I want to close with this is that as long as Jesus is your anchor, your hope will never sink. As long as Jesus is your, is your anchor, your hope will never sink. If Jesus is your hope, your hope will never fail. If Jesus is truly your hope, you will never lose your hope. If Jesus is truly what you're relying on, you will never feel like you are lost. You will never feel like you are directionless. If Jesus is your anchor, your hope will never sink. What I want to pray tonight, and we're going to sing a song in a little bit, what I want our focus to be tonight is, God, my hope is in you. My hope isn't in others. I know at times in a pandemic we can put our hope in things. I know at times during this political season we can put our, our hope in, in people. But in the end, when it comes down to it, our hope is in Jesus. We need to remember who we really rely on. We, we need to remember who really holds all the power. Sometimes we can get caught up in everyday life that we forget where our hope lies. Sometimes we can get caught up in different things that we begin to put our hope in our job. We begin to put our hope in people. We begin to put our hope in, in the economy. And let me tell you something, church family. If you put your hope in anything other than Jesus, it's going to fail you. If you put your hope in, in, in people, people are going to fail you. If you put your hope in your job, there's, there's a moment your job could fail you. But when you put your hope in Jesus, and this is what it's encouraging about tonight, is that he, Jesus, will never fail. Amen. It doesn't matter what is against you. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. We thank you, Father, that you're restoring hopes in our soul, God, that it doesn't matter the pandemic. It doesn't matter the political atmosphere. It doesn't matter the weight that the world is trying to press on us, Father. Our hope aren't in those things, God. Our, our hope's not in the politics. Our hope's not in people, Father. Our hope is in you. You are our Savior, Father. You are the one who restores us from the inside out, God. You are the one who's resurrection power and who transforms us from the inside out, God. So we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, God. We thank you, Father, that we're not leaning on nobody else, God, but we're leaning on your son. So, Father, right now in this place, remind us who you are. Remind us of your power. Remind us of your, of your resurrection power, God. Remind us of us, God, that you are our provider that you make a way where there seems to be no way, that you turn around all things for good. Father, we just love you so much in the place tonight. And we just want to leave this place closer to you than what we walked in as, God. We, we want to stay in your presence for as long as we can. We want to grow closer to your spirit as much as we can, Father, because our hope is in you. There is no plan B, God. You're the only plan. You are the plan for us, God. We cut off the lifeboats. We cut off our backup plans, God, because you are the one who can only restore us, God. You are the one who can lead us through the storms. Father, you are the one who can lead us to places that we thought was our problem, but you can turn it into a promise. So, Father, we love you tonight. We give you the glory tonight. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap tonight. 
you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.